as he is every single Tuesday in the 3 o'clock hour. We're joined by Odyssey NFL insider Brian Baldinger, host of the Odyssey original podcast, the best football show featuring daily breakdowns of the most important storylines across the league. He had plenty of videos up earlier today on the Monday night football matchup with the Bengals outlasting the Jags last night on the North Olmstead Chrysler Jeep Dodge Ram hotline. Baldy's back. What's up, Brian? Hey, good afternoon, guys. It's good to be with you. How you doing? Doing very, doing well. very well. Other than trying not, to learn how to talk. Yeah, we're you know it's, <laughs> it's not like that's my profession or anything, Baldy. It's just uh, yeah, yeah. Um, I'm curious. we all get it twisted. We all get it twisted up sometimes. It's most of the time for me, but I appreciate you being nice. I'm curious, what did you see from Jake Browning last night for Cincy? Oh my God, I saw everything. I mean, I saw hope, a lot of hope in Cincinnati. Uh, Dwayne just engineered and commanded the offense. I mean, he was in total control. I mean, they did a lot of they did a lot last night from a standpoint of just motions and movement and formations and you know misdirections and play action. And he didn't skip a beat. He looked like he knew exactly what he was looking at and what he was doing. And Jacksonville does a lot defensively as well. And he wasn't fooled by any of it. And that just uh, to bring him down there in overtime to kick the game-winning field goal like that and to make one big throw after another, it was really impressive. I don't think anybody could have foresaw that in just really just an overall entertaining game, period. Well played. And, you know, uh, I, I thought at the end of the day, Cincinnati uh, feels like they have a chance in that division right now. So when you watch Jake Browning, and I, I know this is a far jump. He just started – he just won his first game since 2018. Do you see the makings of a guy who could, could be more than a backup, or do you see just a good backup? Well, here's the thing. is We never know what any of these guys are going to be until they play. Like, nobody knew Brock Purdy was going to be Brock Purdy until he got a chance to play. And, you know, good or bad. You know, I used to do NFL Europe games. Nobody knew Kurt Warner was going to wear a gold jacket one day until he started playing. And so, I mean, he looked like he was wired into this thing last night. I don't think it's a one-game fluke. But, you know, sometimes, you know, guys go backwards after a great start, but he didn't look fooled by anything last night. Didn't make, like, errant throws. Maybe the touchdown that he hit uh, Parker Washington on, you could say that's a little, like, a little dicey of a throw. But the rookie made a great catch. Um, but other than that, like, he, he, the, the throws to Jamar Chase were either safe or they were perfect throws. The touchdown throw was a dime. So I feel like that's more of who he is than some kind of a fluke or just a backup. You know, Trevor Lawrence injury is a big one. Um, we don't know if he's going to be able to play this weekend against the Browns. Um, it looked like a high ankle sprain. I think that's what they said after the game. It was you, an ugly looking injury. Yeah, man. I mean, you, 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 you'd probably expect him not to play, like, right? I, I mean, most most ankles that bend and it gets they they snap. They don't just bend. They snap. Right. The way he got stepped on last night. I I hope he's okay, but I mean, to to think like he's going to bounce back from that right away, I don't know. Yeah, how much different do you think they'll be this weekend if he can't go? Uh, well, C.J. Beathard played pretty good. Yeah, he did but, actually. You know, he, yeah. he, he played he pretty. You know, he, he just missed one throw, but uh, you know, he, he was fine. But you know, Trevor Lawrence, like when he throws, when he throws this whip at some of these throws, I mean, he's just like, you go, oh my god, like, what? like he that guy just makes throws that some people won't even attempt. But he's got some kind of arm, man. Just a total command. I mean, just a leader and the whole thing, athletic ability. Like, CJ doesn't have that kind of athletic ability. Um, but, you know, I'm sure he'll be smart and they'll have a game plan for him. But I think they'll, they'll miss quite a bit without him. 
Baldy, when it comes to what Jacksonville does and doesn't do well, what do we need to know about them ahead of this game coming up on Sunday? Well, I mean, you know, that backup quarterback, you know, on the road put up 34 points on him last night. Um, you know, and that was with – they played a long time this year without Tyson Campbell. And people think that he's their best corner. I think Darius Williams is. But both those guys were out there last night. And both of them, you know, got thrown on repeatedly. They were totally healthy. Josh Allen, you know, Kayvon Walker. Like, they were, you know, Foyer, Aluakwan. I mean, they've got experienced players at every position. And yet, they gave up 34 points. And Tyson Campbell, look, I mean, Jamar could do that to a lot of people. But, you know, he stacked them pretty quick and then ran away from them. I haven't seen a lot of people do that to Tyson Campbell, but, you know, uh, they're vulnerable. You know, San Francisco went there three weeks ago, and they took them apart. So, while they have a lot of good players on their defense, um, you know, teams are attacking them, and they're moving the ball on Brian Baldinger on the North Olmstead Chrysler Jeep Dodge Ram Hotline. So, now we are faced in Cleveland with the Joe Flacco versus DTR debate, assuming that DTR – gets out of the concussion protocol this week. What do you see as the difference uh, offensively in what each guy gives you? And maybe who do you think would actually be the better player in Jacksonville and maybe beyond? Well, Joe surprised the hell out of me. I mean, he made one good throw after another. He made throws on the move. He made difficult. He, he hit every single receiver on the, you know, whether it was Bell or Harrison Bryant or Njoku or Amari or Tillman. I mean, he hit them all. Um, you know, he, had, he threw the one bad pass, you know, that got intercepted by Johnny Johnson. And I'm not sure, you know, look, the touch on the deep ball isn't there, but I don't know how you would expect it to be there after such a short time. But, you know, the arm strength and the ability to see the field and sort of dissect defenses, he hasn't lost any of that at all. Um, you know, he's just, it's just a lot easier to play some tall ball with a guy six foot six in there. Um, you know, when you get in the red zone and, you know, difficult, you know, areas, it's a little bit easier to see the ball coming out of Joe Flacco's hands, I think, than Dorian Thompson Robinson. I'm not knocking DTR. I, I just think Joe Flacco is impressive. And I got to believe if he got a full week of work, that he would be even more impressive. Baldy, let's talk about the, the Browns defense here for a minute. I mean, the last you know, a few weeks, they've not been the same team. Obviously, the injuries to Miles Garrett, Denzel Ward have been huge for this defense, but man, they, they got gashed against the Rams. You know, the last, you know, few games, even the, the Broncos game um, was not great, especially on the ground. Um, what do you think the, the reason is for the, the problems they've been having? Well, they seem to be breaking down a lot, to be honest with you. Yeah. Like, um, one of those touchdown throws to Robinson or whoever, I think it was Robinson. Like, I don't, I understand the route combination, but like there seemed to be some confusion about what coverage they were in, and I've seen that quite a bit. You know, I mean, they've been at their they've been at their best when they're in man coverage, but you know, the Rams run a lot of good man, man beaters, and so they got Nakua free and Cooper Cup free, and and so you know, like you show a lot of man coverage out there in film, the good coaches out there, all right, they're going to dial up certain you know beaters out there and. The Rams did that, you know, over and over again. Like the touchdown to Cooper Cup, classic man cover. Well, they kind of switched it to man coverage, and Newsom just wasn't in position to make the play. And, you know, you get a three-yard touchdown throw. I mean, that kind of broke the game open right there. It was a one-point game at that point. So uh, I, it, it just looks like they're trying to mix up their coverages. 
They're trying to still do their blitzes, and it looks like they're breaking down a little bit on the back end, and they weren't doing that against, you know, when they were beating the 49ers earlier in the year. How fixable is that? Well, it's all communication. It's all communication, and then it's, it's, it's just good game planning and preparation for the team coming up. I mean, Jacksonville has man beaters as good as anybody in this business. Uh, getting Evan Ingram free or Christian Kirk is back or whatever. Like, they're really good at it. If they anticipate man coverage, they have certain route combinations and bunch formations and all that stuff that can beat it. So you got to keep mixing it up. You got you to keep them guessing. And, you know, even when you get down to, you know, the three-yard line, are you in quarters, are you in man, what are you in? You got to keep them guessing. You just can't, I don't believe, just line up and play. All right, just because Denzel's back, I don't know if he is or not. But, you know, they're obviously much better in man coverage when Denzel's out there and Newsom and Emerson, the whole group, you know. So, uh, but you got you to you mix it up on them. And they've got to, you know, I don't know the extent of Miles' injury, but he's not the same player right now. He's not, you know, Alaric Jackson is an okay player. But I don't see, you know, they had some good plays on, like, I saw Kyron Williams just deck him on a chip block that, you know, it was nasty, but uh, and they they did some of that to him and slid to him. But Miles seen all that stuff before, so you know I just think they need more out of him right now. And I don't know what you can get with the injury that he has. Brian Baldinger in the North Homestead Chrysler Jeep Dodge Ram Hotline on the offensive side of the ball. Um, it, it felt like whereas in previous weeks it's been kind of everybody's a little bit to blame for for the offensive struggles. This week it really felt like the highlight was on the drops. And those drops have extended to two of their their biggest playmakers, David Njoku yep. and Amari Cooper. Is yep. is this about they've now they're now on their fourth quarterback in was it thirteen going on thirteen games or is this about maybe something more than just the quarterback and, and wide receiver relationship? I feel like if you say it's you know now the fourth quarterback that you're kind of making excuses for guys whose job is to catch the ball, but. I, you know, I don't, you know, I'm sure all these deliveries are different. You know, PJ's is different than Deshaun's, different than Joe's, DTR's, whatever. So, so I mean, I'm sure there's something to that. You know, I'm, I'm sure there is. Like, not many teams go through a season where they're playing with four different quarterbacks and one, you know, just off the street, one's a rookie and all this stuff. So, I'm sure there's some of it. But there were some key drops. I believe some of them were on third downs where, you know, they could have extended drives and that would have helped. But, you know, Amari is usually a very sure-handed receiver. And he's played with a lot of different quarterbacks in Dallas and Cleveland. So, like, you know, I'm sure Amari's looking in the mirror going, that's on him right there. Baldy looking to the injury in Pittsburgh. Kenny Pickett out for a significant amount of time there. Mitchell Trubisky's in. Trace McSorley has been signed to be his backup. And, you know, it's been two weeks since they fired Matt Canada. And they're kind of – the rallying cry in Pittsburgh is, well, we're, we, we're getting more yardage. But then you look at the points, and there's no real difference in terms of the points scored. Is the Pittsburgh offense? I I, I know it's tough because of the pick and injury. Is the Pittsburgh offense in a better situation two weeks into the new the, the new coordinators in Pittsburgh? I think it is. You know they they moved the ball last week. They missed a field goal. It was in the rain. They had some penalties that backed them up and took them out of you know scoring position. They kind of beat themselves a little bit, but. It's just, you know, you would, you would hope that by week 13, even with Mitch Trubisky, you would hope that regardless of who's calling plays, whatever, like you'd be a better offense than what they are. And you just wonder 
if the lack of offensive production, because that was not a good defensive performance by Pittsburgh at all. Um, after the first quarter, I mean, Kyler Murray had a lot of success. James Conner ran the ball for almost 100 yards in the second half. Um, you know, they, they did not play good defensively. And you just look at some of these teams that have poor quarterback play and poor offensive performances, like with the New York Jets, Pittsburgh, the Giants to an extent, like teams that should have better defenses. And you just wonder if there's just a collapse of morale when you just don't feel like your, your, your team can score. Because let's face it, if your team can't score, you're not winning games. I don't care how good your defense is. Nobody's that good defensively in this league. They just shut people out or score on defenses. So you have to have – like, it's just hard to keep it together. But Pittsburgh is just very limited, you know, just because they, they have to play almost perfectly to score. Whereas some of these teams, Dallas, San Francisco, sometimes Philadelphia, like they just go out there and they know they're going to drive the ball and they're going to punch it in. And like some of these teams are just guessing whether they can do that or not or hoping they can do that. Baldy, we know we're getting ready, you know, going into coaching season here. We've already had two NFL coaches fired so far. There's This could be a year we have eight to ten openings in the NFL. I'm just curious, when you're watching film, are, are there any young coaches, young coordinators that stand out in terms of what they do, X's and O's, that you're excited to see get head coaching jobs? Well, you, you can't watch Detroit's offense. If you watch them against New Orleans and watch some of the creativity of the routes and some of the things that they do that you go, well, that'd be, that'd be nice. You know, Ben Johnson I'm talking about. Um, you guys had Todd Munkin. He should have been your head coach in Cleveland. Uh, I think Todd Munkin is going to be a great head coach. Um, he's doing a great job in Baltimore right now. I mean, they still got to, you know, finish this thing out and win playoff games, so I'm not anointing him. But I think he's got a command in the room. I think he understands the NFL game and he knows how to integrate the college game. I think Todd Munkin is, is going to be a guy that's going to excite people. So, I mean, I think there's, there's always the candidates out there. You just don't know if, are they going to be, uh, you know, if you look at what's going on right now with Shane Steichen in, in Indianapolis, he's doing a fantastic job, you know, because it's way more than just good offense than what they have. They're a top 10 offense right now with a backup quarterback. But, you know, the defense line's awake. And defensively, they're keeping them in games. And they've won four in a row. And what D'Amico's doing in Houston, turning, you know, that, you know, it's just like he's just ripped the guts of that bad franchise out and just replaced it, you know, in 13 weeks right now. And you just don't know if can they stand in front of the room and just lead men, 53 of them, not just fix the quarterback or have a good offense, but really get the whole team to rally around them. And so – that's a question on some of these coordinators that are out there. That's always out there about them. Can they do the big picture things that you got to do at that position? Baldy, excellent stuff as always. Appreciate you. Talk to you next Tuesday. Okay, guys, you got it.